0: When I'm worried and I can't sleep I count my blessings instead of sheep I fall asleep Counting my blessings When my bankroll is getting small I think of when I had none at all, I fall asleep counting my blessings.
1: It's been another great week at Anderson, and Thanksgiving is almost here. A time to count our blessings and reflect on the year that's passed and look forward to a new year. Uh, the Anderson County Christmas tree is up on the square. The unofficial lighting is less than a week away. The Anderson Christmas lights are back, and in less than two weeks, they'll be lit, and that means it's time to start Christmas shopping, and the best place to do that is right here at home. All this and more on this edition of the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. It is mid-November, and the days are growing shorter, and as the year races to a close, Anderson is knee-deep in activity. Uh, downtown is is really hopping. Downtown housing remains in, in great demand mirroring uh, most of the rest of the county. It continues to grow and the new condominiums at the old Palmetto building should help meet some of that need. They're supposed to be really nice and uh, for sale. I think they're taking pre-sale now. Uh, currently downtown housing is at 100%. Rentals are all full. And we hope that continued demand catches the eye of someone who's looking at the roofs and the traffic and brings us some sort of general store downtown with at least basic grocery supplies. Maybe a pharmacy would be nice as well. But meanwhile, a new form of transit is set to debut. Before the end of the year, watch out for e-scooters downtown. Now they won't be on the sidewalk, so chill out. But 20 to 25 will soon be available and another 40 or so by spring. Should you need to get from Besto to City Hall or from City Hall to Besto faster than walking or you don't want to drive your car I suppose it's good to rent an e-scooter but I like to walk but interesting idea though City Council also approved another round of annexations and proposed housing developments recently. The need for housing, especially affordable housing, is acute, but it does seem there needs to be a better way than the current system of city annexation without any regard to the neighbors and neighborhoods surrounding those areas filled with county residents who really have no representation or any way to respond to the matter. It all comes down to the desperate need for countywide zoning, which has been shot down every time it has been proposed dating back to the late 1970s when home rule began some areas have some zoning but even those can be rezoned and it's going to continue to be an issue and, and is an issue especially in the most rapidly growing parts of the county where expansion is a blur and hundreds and hundreds of houses are going up which is almost anywhere north of the city of anderson both north east and northwest throughout pendleton powdersville pelzer west pelzer williamston the whole area is just blowing up and then the need for housing is just incredible for too many years now, the owners of large parcels of land in the county have held on the mantra that nobody can tell me what to do with my property. But many of those have backpedaled now, too, because when the owner of those pieces of property has a neighbor who owns property and sells it to a company wanting to put something undesirable in, such as maybe a smelly pig farm, chicken farm, a loud industrial facility, or even a garbage landfill, suddenly uh, they shouldn't be allowed to do that with their property. And that brings back the whole thing of we need some zoning countywide. And while some rezoning is a simple result of changing dynamics or outdated zoning, other rezoning is harsh and does not consider the quality of life issues that are so important to what makes Anderson County a special place and one of the reasons economic development has been so successful. Here people look at our quality of life issues. The county attempts to regulate subdivisions and to allow more green space and some construction restrictions and that's a good step in the right direction Uh, the county has passed some legislation to do that and times are changing some will tell you that it comes with people who have lower standards for the size of lot they want and other elements that were once de facto desired in any new subdivision as as little as 20 years ago most would have balked at buying a house on an eighth of an acre lot but today the county is filling up with these Uh, many of them are built on slabs which can invite future problems and many of the old school quality builders, local builders, had retired during the crisis of 2008, leaving not enough builders locally and not enough of those great experienced long-time subcontractors, electricians and the plumbers, which opened the door for the sort of assembly line approach of the national building companies coming in and out of the area and building structures that are far more focused on the bottom line than the future of that structure, because they're not going to be here 10 years from now, so who cares? They don't care. People who live there do. Some local builders are even used as an entree to gain local bodies of government's trust in, in both uh, planning zone and zoning commissions and in county council and city council. Uh, hopefully, they, people see through that. Sometimes, I don't think they do. But it's up to citizens to hold our councils and our governments accountable. To who they allow to build houses in anderson county and the quality and the desirability factor needs to be built into there so stay tuned this is this is an ongoing story that's not going to be settled anytime soon meanwhile the news downtown traffic could flow a little easier before thanksgiving as demolition of one of the buildings on whitner across the historic courthouse is complete that's where anderson school district five is moving into those that area they're going to build a separate structure there to replace the one they tore down And that road, West Whitner there next to the the historic courthouse, should be back up and open by the end of next week for Thanksgiving at the very latest. No word on the exact timing, but sure will be nice to have that done. Meanwhile, there's no word on the timing of the planting of grass on that lot formerly housed the Bells Building and the Woolworths Building, affectionately known to those downtown as the Elephant Pen, although never been any elephants in there, thank God. The property is part of the county's original charter property, And plans for what will occupy that space were put on hold and and really they slowed down during the pandemic. Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns said the decision what goes on that property cannot be rushed. It's probably the most important downtown decision in decades and that the buildings that go there could help set the stage for the next hundred years. So they're going really slow on what they decide to put in there, but they're working on it. And in case you missed it, that new hotel is open downtown and the parking garage is open and they're still working on plans on what to do with that design for the top deck which will be used often by the community. It's a great idea, great views from up there. Hopefully something will be in place by year's end. Uh, on Tuesday night, uh, county council will meet and consider bids on expansions at Venture, which may now include a splash pad to help kids out there beat the summer heat. That newly renovated Venture Park is going to be something really special for, for the county with totally accessible playground to all children, and it will feature a more open design with more room for the kids to play while making it easier for parents to keep an eye on them while they're enjoying that facility. Over at Wellington Park, council's also looking at bids to complete and possibly expand the recreation efforts at that historic site, It's good to see that. Everything from textile baseball on, people have been playing out there for years. And Brock Elder, a local citizen with a vision for more recreation facilities for kids in Anderson, has been a driving force behind the efforts at this site, which, as I said, over the years has been home to generations of recreational activities in that community. I talked to Brock Elder about how he got involved and what he hopes to see there in the future.
2: What we got going on out here at Wellington? Sure, so we've got a multi-purpose sports court. Um to be able to play soccer, basketball, hockey, lacrosse, and uh, really any type of sport you come up with. Uh, as you can see, there's going to be a brand new uh, blacktop surface um, and brand new basketball goals. And then it'll have state-of-the-art, one of a kind. Uh, it's called the golfer. Uh, Kyle Martino and came up with it. Basically, he's an ex-US soccer international player. Uh, played professional in the United States also. So. He came up with this concept where these goals basically come in in and out of the ground, um, and then they get covered up to not inter, um, interrupt. If you want to play basketball in other sports such as, so it's uh, it'll be the third in the country that's ever had it, uh, the second to have the new editions of the goals. So there's uh, videos online that shows how easy it is for a young kid to just pick the goals up and put them back in the ground, and uh, it provides an opportunity for. Any kid that's in this area or you know, that wants to drive out to this area, but mostly ones that can walk or ride their bikes to come out here and have access to play a multiple uh, sports that they might not have access to otherwise. How did you get involved in this? So Kyle Martino used to be on um, NBC Sports Network. He was like the American broadcaster for all the games that were being played in England in the top division, the English Premier League. So about two years ago, they were doing this event, and he started talking about his uh, concept of, of the golfer and this over-under initiative, and I just got it really excited and inspired about it. Um, so I reached out to him, and surprisingly, he responded, and I said, I live in a little place called Anderson, South Carolina, and I think this would be huge for the community, And uh, an awesome concept so you know if, if you're interested in coming to Anderson, I'm interested in doing whatever I have to do to make it happen so that's kind of how the process began and between then and now a lot of things have happened but um, some members in of uh, Anderson County have, have been instrumental in pushing this through.
1: That's what I was going to ask you has it been a cooperative effort with the county to this
2: For the most part so when I first uh, approached them, I had an idea of a place kind of closer to the city limits. And you know, it wasn't the best uh, place for it, I suppose. A lot, a lot of work needed to be done, and it was kind of, I don't know if it was as accessible as maybe this will be. So there's some members of the uh, Homeland Park community, um, a guy named Walt that many may know. And uh, so they felt that because this community had been wanting to do something special and had been reaching out to individuals Uh, they decided that this would be a good location for it. So ultimately, we came together and started discussing possible places, and and that's how this happened.
1: There's a long history of recreation on these fields out here. people have been playing out here for a long time, basketball and other things.
2: Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've I've heard some backstories on on things that were taking place. And as you can see, there's the baseball field. Uh, So we've we've got ideas to do bigger things with the baseball field and and, uh, revamp this playground and, and just do a lot of different things.
1: And so right now you're saying the only holdup is getting all the equipment you
2: need? Correct. Equipment and materials. Everything else is moving along just fine. Um, Yeah, it's just, uh, I've been told the second layer of asphalt, which I'm not sure if that's down yet or not. And then uh, the, the goals, the materials to make the goals, so. But everything else is moving along fine. I mean, originally, last few months, we were saying November as a completion date. So, I mean, right now I'd say that's realistic.
1: So if everything comes in by the end of the year, it should be up and running.
2: I think so, yeah, and we hope to do like a big like launch party, uh, get some excitement going. The Kyle Martino will come down from New York and maybe some other, um, I don't know about current professional players, but maybe some ex-pros will come down, people that represented the United States and um, some other sports as well. And local athletes will be here too, so I think it will be a really good thing.
1: And what sort of the impetus of making you want to get in, involved in the community, to get, give something back to the community? Because this is li- life, obviously not a job for you.
2: No, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, something that I've always been passionate about. Uh, sports were instrumental in my life and very important for me. I played multiple sports, but I ended up sticking with soccer. And it, it kept me out of trouble, or as much as it could. Um, and I just, I just love the game. So uh, I've got a little girl, she's eight. And um, I know, my, my wife works, I work, we're able to provide her with what she wants to do, but sometimes it's, the cost is always there, you always think about it, and I think about, I, my mom was a single mom for quite a few years, so I knew the sacrifices she made, and um, yeah, it's just, it's just something that's always been uh, near and dear to my heart. We also have a group here in Anderson called the um, American Outlaws, it's a, it's a soccer group, we meet up and watch USA soccer games and AO Impact is their branch of, that, that reaches out and does more community service work. So in the past we've done things like uh, we raised $10,000 for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention because uh, we had a member and that 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 affected pretty hard and then um, we wanted to do something that was more sports-based, uh, you know soccer obviously, but this just seemed like like a a really good thing to do. So we brought this in and adopted it as as our chapter. And uh, I just kind of helped lead the way. And yeah, one day at a time.
1: If somebody was watching this in the community and and maybe wants to get involved or volunteer, how can they help with this
2: project? So like I said, we have big ideas to do do a lot of things here. Um, But first and foremost, get the court up, uh, get the kids out here playing. You know, sponsorships would be fantastic. Just to have you know, equipment, as um, like I said, we we've got ideas for the baseball and the uh, and the playground here to do, and then also we'd like to be able to do uh, like free leagues, free training sessions. Um, so having people out here that that may have played one of those sports—field hockey, street hockey, regular hockey, um, ice hockey. Basketball, soccer, you know, all those things. Um, having people out here that just want to be involved and, and be involved and help the kids uh, have some organized you know, sport, ha- organized activity, it's, it's, it's gonna be huge.
1: How can they get in touch with you or whoever to, to be involved with it?
2: So I guess the easiest way to get in touch with me, um, our Anderson group, we're on, uh, it's AO Anderson SC, and I'm pretty sure you can AO Anderson SC on Twitter. Uh, Facebook and Instagram. Those, you know, if you reach out to the group, I, I'll respond. Um, my name is Brock Elder. I'm not on Facebook or anything. So I am on uh, Twitter at uh, Brockness16. So that's an easy way to get in touch with me. Or my email is B E L D E R six at gmail.com. And yeah, anybody that would love to get involved or has an idea to do something like this uh, anywhere else, you know, I can definitely get you. In touch with the right people and i think there's a lot of opportunities for everybody to do something really cool like this
1: and of course recreation is a key element of economic development and watching lo- local citizens step up to make things happen is always encouraging as our parks around the county have grown and being more and more um, set up for ex- accessibility to all citizens keep in mind when you see something that says it's ada accessible it means it's also more ex- accessible to Folks who are are getting on in age and need a little extra help getting in and out, so it's, it's all good for, for everybody. And it's the law that those things need to be accessible. As the days grow shorter and moving toward the end of the year, the towns and counties are planning for Christmas, including downtown decorations and parades. I'll talk about a complete list of parades next week. But if you have family coming to Anderson for Thanksgiving, the county Christmas tree on the square will light up for holiday week at dusk on November 19th. And then we'll go dark again on the Sunday after Thanksgiving in preparation for the annual tree lighting, which is set for December 3rd this year. Uh, It's a really good idea to light that tree up while folks have families home for Thanksgiving, and I'm glad that the county's decided to do that. Downtown is lighting up as well with the holiday spirit. The city's got those brighter lights, those LED lights in the trees again this year and along Main Street, and they've been stringing them up all week. And holiday displays are popping up everywhere in shop windows. And after almost two years of the challenges brought on by the pandemic, it is good to remember that shopping locally for your holiday gifts is even more important this year than ever. More than 60 cents on every dollar spent in a locally owned business stays right here in our community and allows them to thrive, which in turn attracts more local participation in business. While serving as an economic development engine and in the weeks leading up to the holidays, I've been interviewing and will continue to interview a series of small business owners to get their take on the importance of holidays for their businesses. Uh, But first, I talked to Pam Christopher, who leads the Anderson area Chamber of Commerce.
3: Hi, I'm Pamela Christopher. I'm your president and CEO of your Anderson Area Chamber of Commerce, and listen, Merry Christmas. We want you to go out for the holidays and shop uh, locally, because you know what? We represent, we're the largest business organization here in Anderson County, and we represent over 825 businesses, and if you think about how many employees that is and uh, the families that's a huge number we're talking hundreds of thousands of people so we hope that you're gonna do everything you can to support local this year and so let me tell you a little bit more about that I wanted to let you know how important it is to all of our merchants and to all of our charitable organizations that you think of them and you uh, frequent them or give to them this year this time of year you know the holiday season is upon us uh, Christmas is just not too far away so I can't wait to say Merry Christmas right but um, you know The thing that's so important is that dollar is turned over like seven to ten times when you go to a local merchant because guess what then they go to a restaurant and they they uh, spend money with them they also try to buy a lot of their goods locally so you're putting that money back into our local economy and it's so important because you know what then their little son jimmy is able to get up that next morning on christmas day and he's going to have things because you supported local remember that is your next door neighbor these are the people you go to church with you know that that you your kid's play ball with them, Um, they're in Girl Scouts together, whatever it might be, but, you know, you're the difference between what's going to happen for them at home, whether they can put a really good meal on the table. So remember your local merchants, because you know, through this whole time that we've had with COVID for the past couple of years, right, it's it's been a struggle on every one of them, and it's a struggle on every business, but especially local businesses. You don't always think about it, but guess what? A lot of them put their own personal savings into their business to try to do what they could to help support our local economy here in our communities. So all throughout Anderson County, every one of our communities and small towns, we're asking you to go and shop local but we're asking you to shop our local merchants in Anderson County because it is so vital to their really success and so that their business can thrive, but also so they can be happy families and, you know, your neighbors will have things that you want to make sure that they're doing well, right? So don't forget them this time of year. And hey, we're excited. The chamber's getting ready to do a, a Christmas cookie crawl with our local merchants down here and hopefully have it with all the towns in Anderson County and we want to make sure you're coming out wouldn't it be nice you can come and sample different cookies at all the different stores and we might even see if we can't work with a city and have Santa here somewhere so we're excited for you guys to come out um, it is a wonderful time that we all feel like that child inside right Um, So, go out and make your small businesses so that we have a thriving downtown and towns all throughout Anderson County that we can be very proud of and we can know that we've supported our businesses. And don't forget those charities that need you at this time of the year, too. Y'all have a great, great Merry Christmas.
1: Pam has done a great job, really transformed the chamber in Anderson into a solid home and advocate for local businesses and appreciate all her efforts there and work there and her work towards the holidays. Um, Another local business that is ready and set for the holidays is the City Seed at the station, which is not only Anderson's go-to place for all things gardening, but also they offer a series of other holiday gifts from local artists and some other gifts as well. Uh, Donna Lebrun, who owns City Seed at the station, told me she's really looking forward to the holidays
4: hey everybody my name is donna lebrun i'm the owner here at city seat of the station we opened august 2018 and we're very excited about this holiday season Welcome you in to the station means you're shopping plants you're shopping um, containers and gifts you're also shopping some holiday decor whatever it is you're looking for we try to have it taken care of with the support of a lot of local makers it has been a fun crazy year But we thank you for your support um, during all of the madness of the season and also just remembering how important it is to foster our community and our friendships along our downtown area. Um, So from downtown Anderson and the shops along the Strip, we are appreciative of all your support of the downtown businesses. It is especially important to remember your friends downtown and all your local businesses It's all been a hard year for many of us and just trying to find community and friendships along the way has been really enjoyable. A few things about the downtown businesses or small businesses that we love is I specifically, from a personal perspective, I love the fostering of friendships. I feel like we've met so many people through the last three and a half years in this business So from an owner's perspective, it's been so much fun for my family and I to be out in grocery stores or downtown businesses and seeing people that we know that we've met through the store. It fosters friendships. It builds your community. And that's what you get by supporting local makers our local businesses is you support the community that you are living in. It is so important to um, kind of visit the other neighborhoods. Our holiday hours are Tuesday through Friday and Saturday's half days. We will be closing on December 22nd at normal closing time and will be closed until January 4th. So one of the things that makes us special is we try to know all the answers for you. If you come in asking us what's wrong with your garden, what's eating your um, collard greens, we try to have the answers. If we don't know the answers, we love relying on our Clemson Extension for answers that we can't provide, but we have a plethora of gardeners um, that come in and out and that are always sharing their information with us. So we learn from our customers and hopefully we teach you at the same time. We want to wish everybody um, a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. We have thoroughly enjoyed seeing you all this year, and we thank you so much for your continuous support of our small businesses and all the downtown businesses in the city of Anderson.
1: And just a few blocks away from city seat at the station is Indigo Custom Framing and Artisan Market, which has become a downtown favorite in the last couple years. Owner Melissa Moore and her team are also excited about the season coming ahead and hopes locals will stop by for special gifts that they're looking for. And here's what she had to say.
4: My name is Melissa Moore. I'm the owner of Indigo Custom Framing, an artisan market in downtown Anderson. And we're primarily a custom framing business. We also share a host of beautiful unique gifts and feature local artists and um, do make and takes and workshops and it's a really creative experience. It is especially important to shop local for the holiday season. It helps support our staff and it helps feed the economy. Um, And when you're blessing the local artists that are in our space, it just continues to grow um, just our local environment. Um, we are so grateful and thankful for all of our customers, especially during the holiday season. Um, it is a blessing to see you guys walk in. Um, we love to get to share your experiences. And, um,
1: and while you're downtown, why not stop for lunch at Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill? Already the best fine dining experience in towns. Things just got better recently with a new menu that includes some new items and some old favorites. Uh Bill Nickis took a chance on downtown when no one else really uh wanted to build downtown. And Sullivan's is built into one of the nation's top one hundred restaurants, which is always recognized at one of the open tables top one hundred restaurants. Only two of those in South Carolina, the others in Charleston. If you haven't been to Sullivan's lately, or if you've not been at all, if you're new to the area, check them out for lunch this week uh, with daily specials, which all kind of really good things. And fresh food that just can't be beat. There's not a better place for lunch. And it will make your holidays jollier, guaranteed. And they're about to put that giant tree up too, as well. And this was a wonderful downtown indoor holiday experience. They also offer the same great food with white tablecloth catering at Experience. They also offer the same great food with white tablecloth catering with the white... They also offer the same great food with a white tablecloth catering experience at prices comparable for those who cater with tinfoil pans full of food and plastic utensils. Bill has made Staples. Uh, Bill has made Sullivan's a staple in downtown Anderson, and he's always at the front of the line when it comes to giving back to our community. Stop by this week and enjoy Sullivan's and tell him you heard about it on the Anderson Observer podcast, news from people you trust. I will be featuring some, featuring some other local businesses in the next couple of weeks, right here on the Anderson Observer News from People You Trust podcast. So while you're preparing for the holidays, remember those who work year round to assist our friends, family, and neighbors who need a little extra help. Over the next week, next week or so, I will be uh, featuring on this podcast some of those who especially count on our help this time of year. And one of those is Meals on Wheels of Anderson. And Meals on Wheels of Anderson is celebrating more than 40 years of service, and they provide meals for more than 600 across the county who might otherwise do without every week. And here's what Director Laurie Ashley's Christmas message from her interview with the Anderson Observer sounded like.
5: Well, I'm Laurie Ashley, and I'm the Executive Director here at Meals on Wheels. Meals on Wheels has been in existence here in Anderson County for 45 years. So this is our year to celebrate 45 years Currently, our volunteers are delivering to approximately 650 people all across Anderson County. So whether they're in the Powdersville area or Star Iva or out in Townville, we we can serve those folks. The people we serve are homebound, elderly, and disabled. Uh, They are folks that may not have family in the area that can help them. So um, they depend on us to take that warm, hot meal to them. And they also depend on us to check on them on a daily basis. As we move into the holiday season, the meals are very important, but that daily contact and visiting with folks so that they know that someone cares for them during our holiday season is even more important. As we move into the holiday season, we are so very thankful for the folks that help us on a daily basis. We have volunteers that volunteer once a week or even more often than that or less often than that. So. Um, We we are appreciative of those people who help us to get the meals out. We also want to thank our donors who are um, so very important. We could not do this without the support of the local community, and Anderson County has been so very generous this past year. During the pandemic, we've been able to serve more people than we had previously been serving and know that the need is growing, and we are thankful for everyone who's helped us to do that. Every season is very important to us but during this holiday season that's coming up we'd like to ask people to remember that Meals on Wheels is here to serve the 650 people and to support us in any way that they possibly can whether it's volunteering or a donation end of year gift um, just to help us continue our mission. To find out how to help us you can visit our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, or you can visit our website, acmow.org, or you can visit us here in the office. We'd love to have you and show you around on Monday through Friday. We're here packing our meals and, and delivering out to folks. So if you would like to stop by and see how our operation works, we'd love to have you here in the office. Okay. On behalf of the staff, the board of directors, and our volunteers, I would like to wish you a very merry Christmas and a happy new year.
1: If you have even an extra hour or so each week, you'd be hard-pressed to find anywhere better to spend it than volunteering with Meals on Wheels so you can give them a call if you've got some time or would like to help them out. And it's hard to think about Christmas without the ringing of the bells and the red kettles of the Salvation Army. Uh, Anderson Major Joseph Irvin hopes the community will continue to be generous and help with the work of the Salvation Army of Anderson here during this holiday season, and here's what he had to say.
6: This is Major Joseph Irvin with the Salvation Army in Anderson, South Carolina. I'd like to wish everybody a Happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. The Salvation Army in Anderson County serves our community and we uh, help Hope march on by providing emergency shelter to homeless persons in our Stringer Emergency Lodge. Uh, In 2020, we provided over 14,000 nights lodging, and that is providing a warm, safe place for people without a home to sleep and to to get comfort and a meal to eat. The Salvation Army also provides rent and utility assistance to our community. And last year we provided over $30,000 in direct assistance to clients, helping them meet needs such as rent and utility payments. I'd like to thank everybody who has helped the Salvation Army uh, to have hope marching on, to keep hope marching on in Anderson. Uh, Our volunteers and our supporters have made it possible for us to do uh, a variety of services and programs to our community and meet human need in the name of Jesus Christ without discrimination. Uh, So thank you. Uh, This season, it's very important that uh, the Salvation Army continues to receive much-needed support from our community. Uh, We are asking for volunteers to help us raise funds through our Red Kettle campaign. Uh, These funds will help us meet uh, human need throughout the year. We also need uh, you to adopt an angel this year. We've already had 300 families apply for assistance through our angel tree program, and that's more than 750 children in Anderson who need help and uh, to make Christmas special this year. So uh, please contact the Salvation Army to volunteer to be a, a bell ringer and to uh, help uh, make Christmas special for children in Anderson. If you're unable to provide uh, volunteering to ring the bell yourself please support our volunteers and our bell ringers out there this year by dropping that change in the bucket and uh, visiting them and thank them for the, supporting the Salvation Army and uh, also you can make it a, a, a family tradition uh, one of the wonderful things about Christmas is the Salvation Army uh, bell ringers and the kettle it, it isn't Christmas without the sound of the bells and it isn't Christmas without uh, families coming up to the kettle to do their uh, annual giving. It's a great way to teach philanthropy to your children and uh, to enjoy the holiday spirit of giving. To find out more about how you can help the Salvation Army, you can contact us through my email or call the Salvation Army's office. From all of us here at the Salvation Army, we wish you a very happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. God bless you.
1: If you can drop a few bills in or even your pocket chains in those red kettles, you will know that it goes for a good cause. And if you want to help bring in the holiday season by shaking one of those bells and manning one of those kettles, give them a call. County Council meets Tuesday night, and if you want to get a front row seat, there's plenty available. Uh, I've been covering County Council in Anderson for almost 40 years now, and the the current council is probably one of the hardest working, most cooperative I've witnessed but participation by citizens is about slim to non-existent. A meeting on a annual budget might draw up to five or six interested citizens. Uh, a meeting on zoning may draw 10 or 12. Oddly, any animal ordinance proposed may draw more than 100 that come from Anderson and all sorts of surrounding counties. Go figure. But leadership in the towns and cities around the county is also solid, and they're working together in a cooperative spirit that is uncommon, as I've mentioned before. And one of those leaders is West Pelzer, Mayor Blake Sanders, who during his tenure has built a strip of South Carolina Highway 8 into a walking town with new businesses, new and refurbished housing, and a series of events that track thousands to the small town every year. And I talked to Blake about what's going on between now and the end of the year. I know that y'all have got a lot going on here. I see a lot of new things opening. What, what's happening in West Pelzer? It seems like y'all every day got another another announcement of something new opening.
7: We, we do. And so um, it all goes back to our strategic planning where council got together and we started talking about what do we want to, to focus on. And in 2019, pre-pandemic, we talked about wanting to be a front porch community, a front porch to our neighbors in Pelzer and Williamson, the front porch to Clipson University, the front porch to Anderson County. Um, And so what you're seeing happening now um, are businesses and events that are focused around showing West Pelzer as a front porch. We'll come to West Pelzer, um, walk our streets, see our front porch, um, and hear what we're about, which we're about love and compassion of our neighbors and, and, and our community. Our businesses that we're seeing open, Um, are doing exactly the same thing. They're owner-operated, they're they're loving and compassionate, and so I encourage you to go to to our new hibachi place in West Pelzer, Baby Sumo. Um, Have some hibachi steak, shrimp, or chicken, or some awesome noodles. Um, Sushi will be coming very soon, Um, and and meet the owner and, and see his smile and his love and compassion for this community. He lives in the Pelzer area, um, and again, is extremely passionate about it. When you leave there, if you're a gentleman and you would like a a shave and a haircut, walk across the street to to A1 Elegance, a new barber shop, um, and get the facial, get the massage, uh, get the beard trim, Um, and get a haircut from the owners, again, from the Pelzer area and see the love and compassion in their eyes. And so, again, I can't thank council enough for casting that vision and allowing me to implement what a front porch community looks like.
1: And you've got, you've encouraged art and, and you've seen arts grow here as well.
7: We, we have, and so we're, we're extremely fortunate in 2019 to start the Grand Gallery. Um, GR for Greenville, and for Anderson, because we're strategically positioned right, right in the middle of those. Um, at, but right before COVID, we'd had about 10 artists display in our, in our Grand Gallery, um, in our municipal center and, and council chambers. Um, we've just started that back up uh, with, a, with a new artist Um, So feel free to come to to, uh, our municipal center or town hall um, anytime between eight and five, Monday through Thursday, eight to noon on Friday um, and walk through our gallery. We were also fortunate to receive grant funds uh, from the Palmetto Aerial Cultural Arts Center um, in the amount of $4,000 to have a new um, 80 foot mural painted on the side of our municipal center. So if if you don't have time to stop in West Pelzer one day, that's totally okay. Um, take a drive by Chapman Park and the Municipal, and the municipal Center um, and just, just take a look at, at the mural. It's not your typical mural where you might see some of the history that was going on um, or a story being told, but it is truly a, a, a landscape of, uh, of our community. And so on the far left you'll see the large trees, um, you'll, see the, you'll see the birds um, above, and that's just representative of one of our first ordinances um, which was for West Pelzer to be a bird sanctuary. As you kind of venture to the middle um, of the mural um, you'll you'll see kids swinging and people playing and people sitting around a bonfire and that's um, to represent our, par- our park um, but also to represent again just the love and fellowship um, that that our community um, has with each other and then on the far right um, you'll see the sun setting which you're driving down the street it appears to be setting in the east um, but it, but we are West Pelzer um, and we want you to be able to, to, to be a part of that sunset and be a part of our views from our front porch um, as, as you drive by so please stop by and take a look at the mural or stop by the Grand Gallery
1: and one of the things y'all had in your strategic plan is to make this an a walking town people can walk to any of the essential uh, things they need right
7: that's exactly right, and so our Main Street is fully ADA accessible, which is why our, uh, which is why our, our mile-long yard sale um, is, is so important. Um, I also say that we have 82 parking spaces um, in downtown, which per our ordinance um, is about the correct number of spaces. But um, some days you may struggle to find a parking space if there's a a band playing at the tap room or if there's a council meeting going on with Baby Sumo um, opening up. Um, But it is very and We do have sidewalks that connect our our downtown together. We're also looking... um, kind of regionally as to how West Pelzer is connected. And you may have seen where um, the town of Williamston, town of Pelzer and West Pelzer, all partnered on on a resolution that would uh, fully support a shared use path along Depot Road, which would connect the high schools in Williamston to, to Pelzer and West Pelzer. Um, we're hoping that'll be part of the long range transportation plan for GPATs, uh, but we're also looking and working with Anderson County to think even larger than that. So how do we connect the city of Anderson and Belton and Honeyapath? How do we connect kind of all of us together with this larger networking system? Um, so Mayor Burgess, Mayor Ragland and myself, we hope to apply for some, for some funding uh, very soon that would, that would uh, at least initiate the first scope of, of the Depot Road um, Wide Sidewalk Project. And again, safe routes to schools, safe access to, to downtown West Pelzer um, and connections to the community.
1: Seeing mayors cooperate like this—it's at least in my experience—is unusual. How important is the cooperative efforts of you three guys to the growth of this area?
7: Absolutely. So it's it's really important. If you um, if you Google West Pelzer, um, yes, you'll see um, you know myself and, and projects and our events, but you'll also see us coordinating and talking to each other about growth. All three of us truthfully believe that all 271 municipalities will be successful. Um, that's our, that's our, our heart and passion. We also know that the three of us are not in competition with each other. And so what is great for, for Williamson or Pelzer is also great for, for West Pelzer. And so you see us, or you may see us, sharing stories of certain businesses or sharing stories of um, the 117 or so homes that West Pelzer has permitted or under construction complements what's happening in Williamston with their 90 um, or with the multifamily that's happening in in neighboring Pelzer so we're all we're all tightly knit together the the thing that I love to tell the story of um, are the partnerships that people don't see. So you don't see Mayor Burgess and Public work staff installing the ADA swing in Pelzer. You don't see the emails where Mayor Raglan has said uh, for our farm days, which is happening October 23rd, you don't see the email where Mayor Raglan said, hey why don't you guys put up signs for additional parking or let vendors park their vehicles um, in the parking lot next to our ball field. He didn't have to do that but he sees that as a need uh, for the communities to to partner together. I even joke with Mayor Raglan at the Chamber of Commerce meeting that we'd like for them to put up our Christmas lights this year. So any way that we can partner and help each other, um, all three mayors are definitely willing to, to do so. I'll also add that we are three completely different individuals. Um, that Mayor Raglan, as an artistic director of the Milltown Players, that's my plug to go see one of his shows, um, <clears throat> is, is very artistic and, and has a great graphic design ability and is kind of um, a storyteller of sorts um mayor burgess is uh, what i call a man's man so if you need a project done he's the guy to figure out how to do it and what equipment um and how to actually get it done and then i'm uh i tease that i'm the elder mayor of the three because i've been in office more but i like to think about the policies and the ordinances and the strategic planning and design of what makes cities great and so we all complement each other Um, so you may see me designing a big idea in williamston or, or pelzer for their constituents to use but you also might see mayor burgess over in west pelzer um, literally digging up a water line to, to help fix. So we work together, and we truthfully love each other. Um, I tell people that we're not friends. We're family. Um, we may be the weird uncles for, in each other's families that sometimes you don't like what they say or like what they do, um, but we do genuinely love each other.
1: And you mentioned housing. Is this the biggest boom in housing in West Pelzer?
7: can remember? Um, Definitely that I can remember. um, When when there was a home built um, in the 2012 period, it was the first home built in 30 years. Um, And so now to have, you know, over a hundred that are that are permitted or platted or or under construction, West Pelzer is looking at a 25% growth um, over the next 10 years or the next census period. Um, we know not all of those will come overnight, and we know that our general fund won't grow overnight with those, um, but we're excited about having new residents in town. And so um, if, you, if you are a new resident in town or are becoming a new resident in town, when you come to have your water turned on and pick up your trash can, we've got a welcome packet for you. And that welcome packet um, has um, some, some business Um, coupons in it from our local businesses It also has a brochure of our walking tour Um, It also shows kind of you know where where the murals at and why the mural is what it is and it starts to tell kind of that larger story but again from the first point we meet you we're telling you the story of West Pelzer which is love and compassion for each other
1: and what what big events do you have planned between now and the end of the year yep
7: Um, so this is West Pelzer's time to shine Uh, we made a strategic uh, point in our vision um, during 2018 and 19 that we wanted to focus on the fall and the reason is um the, the change in color of people from the low country coming up uh, but also clemson university and that's important um, to us during those seven game days or during move-in day or move out weekend um, so all of our events are kind of centered around when when traffic will be coming through um, and then the first weekend in in december Um, At 5 p.m. we have our annual Christmas parade uh, which starts at the fire department and ends at the Saluda River Um, And that again is a partnership between Pelzer and West Pelzer and it is a night parade uh, So we encourage you to light your floats up light your bicycles up um, and come be a part um, of that great event then Um, We'll be blessed to kind of take a deep breath during the holidays and the first part of the year um, as we get kind of geared back up for maybe a couple of new spring events and then start planning again for fall of 2022, which seems awkward to say 2022, but we are almost there.
1: If you remember in the last podcast, I talked to Pelzer Mayor Will Ragland, who mentioned an effort by citizens of the town to construct a mural depicting the history and legacy of Pelzer. And I talked to the folks that made that happen recently. Everybody, just tell me who you are and what your part in this is. I'm Elaine Hunt.
8: Uh, I'm, I guess, the, the provider of inspiration for this historical mural. My name's Betty Jordan. I own the property here, and also I helped Elaine own the mural.
9: And I'm Thomas Addison. I'm a retired uh, local art teacher and uh, artist and uh, I'm the one that uh, Elaine and Betty hired to do
1: the mural. Well, who, who can tell me about the mural and what all we're looking at here?
9: Elaine.
8: <laughs> they always point to me.
1: It started oh. with Elaine. <laughs>
8: okay. I, when the, the idea of a, of a historical mural first came to me, I, I wanted it to be a teaching moment. I wanted it to reflect not only the things that happened in this town, but the people who lived and worked here and actually walked the streets and lived in the town and worked in the mills. So the people that you see here, Mr. Addison was so wonderful. He was able to capture the pictures uh, of these people that we supplied him and they all have a reason for being on the mural. They're not just average people just walking by. These are people who contributed to the community.
9: What Elaine uh, didn't tell you is that she's an author. She's written several books on local history, so uh, she really knows uh, when when she speaks, she knows what she's talking about. And I was honored to be asked uh, by her to do this because uh, uh, in this particular case, uh, this is about a community that I already have a huge investment in because of the fact that my parents, my grandparents, even great grandparents on both sides of my family are from Pelzer. And so I grew up hearing uh, a lot of stories and uh, took this opportunity to share a, a few of the personal family stories on the mural as well as uh, many others that were shared uh, with me by uh, Elaine and Betty and uh, some of the others that worked, uh, worked with us, Larry Coker and some of the folks uh, local that have uh, some knowledge. And so I was given uh, pictures, photographs, old photos. And uh, what I really wanted to do when uh, Elaine said, I'd like to capture the railroad because it was vital to the development of Pelzer. The mill, of course, had uh, a huge, huge role and uh, and of course the people that were involved, both with the railroad and the mill and just the, the commerce of the town. And uh, I, I really, really wanted to do it in one scene that could have been physically possible. I asked Elaine about the time period, the context, and she said, well, let's make it about 1925 because this would represent uh, a fairly, uh, some of the fairly later years that Ellison Smythe was still involved in the day-to-day operations of the mill before he sold out and moved on, uh, I think to North Carolina and built several more mills, but in uh, Greenville area. But uh, so we made it 1925. That that kind of nailed something down. So I could uh, the context of things like the uh, uh, the the Ford automobile is a 1925 model. Uh, And the fun that I had was that uh, a lot of the information I was getting about people that we really felt like needed to be recognized on this mural were not always, uh, all of them weren't alive in 1925. Some of them had uh, passed away long ago. Some of them hadn't even been born yet, maybe until the 30s or 40s. So I had a lot of fun with that. So, uh, it, so if anyone comes along and says, well, I knew this person, I knew that person, and these two were the same age. And one's uh, depicted as an adult, and the other one's uh, depicted as a child, and, uh, and I don't think they were even uh, around in 1925. So that's just part of the fun. And that's some of the artistic license that I took.
10: tell you this, I had two cousins that were uh, farmers you know, on uh, farms and they came here and asked for a job, two women and they were both were hired and they said when they came right out here across the driveway, they fell on their hands and knees and they were praying and thanking the Lord that he provided them the job. And the man came along and said, what are y'all doing? And they said, we're praying, we're thanking the Lord he's provided us with a job off the farm and they said, well, tomorrow you'll be cursing the Lord, you won't be praising him. They praised him till the day they left this mill because they were so grateful for our way of life and to bring them off the fields, you know, and to have economic survival. But also I'd like to publicly thank Elaine and Thomas for all their hard work and dedication. Our walking historian, our blessed artist, I mean, I'm just so thankful that I've been able to work with them and that we have such talented people right here in our town.
1: A new and cooperative effort between the city of Anderson and Anderson County is also beginning to grow with the efforts of a pair of good friends who, one of her serves on city council and the other on county council. County Councilman John Wright Jr. and City Councilman Kyle Newton are hoping to work together on a a variety of activities and events, and they kicked off their efforts recently with a fundraising barbecue to benefit the Sheriff's Department and the City Police Department. And the event, which was held at the Civic Center, was welcomed by Sheriff Chad McBride and Police Chief Jim Stewart. It raised more than fifteen thousand dollars for law enforcement uh, causes. And I talked to, and I talked to the sheriff and the chief about the effort and why it's so important. I just really want to talk real quickly about. Tell me how important it is that you guys cooperate in law enforcement here in the City of Anderson. is the biggest town in the county, and you've got the county. How important is that you guys are in good communication and cooperative?
11: Yeah, I I definitely think it's a uh, it's a plus. I think uh, you know our, our Anderson City residents also pay county taxes, so you know it's only uh, that's fair. But no, we I think we uh, communicate well. I know our officers work very closely together, and it seems like when there's uh, any time there's something very serious and, and we we need help or they need help, we we're always there to back each other up.
2: And I would say just the same, echo that uh, we wear different uniforms. Um, Crime doesn't cross. Stay in jurisdictional boundaries. It crosses. We're looking for the same suspects, usually the same crimes. Um, partnership works a whole lot better than going against each other. So teamwork works good.
1: In my memory, this is the first time we've had a city councilman and a county councilman work together to raise money for law enforcement. Is that how does that make you guys feel?
11: First time I've ever seen it. Also, I think it's, I think it's pretty awesome. I think we. Uh, I think it goes to show what kind of council we have—that they have been supportive of law enforcement. And I know since uh, since I've been in office, they, our county council, has been extremely supportive. Uh, and then, of course, I know some of the city councilmen over there, and, and talked to them for other reasons, and uh, they're always, you know, supporting their uh, city officers.
2: Just echo the like Sheriff. Um, this has been a tumultuous year for us. Over the last probably year and a half between. The coronavirus and some protests we've had here and um without us working together you know we we could have had some real issues and you know the support of both our councils um in supporting us in law enforcement it's uh and like i said tonight this really is a humbling experience to be recognized by your peers
1: thanks guys yep. i appreciate it it is encouraging to see the city county cooperation and hope it's a sign of things to come while the relationship between the city and county and other cities and townships in Anderson County is amicable, there's always room to find more common projects and friendships that build naturally are going to help do this. And finally, recalling the spirit of the season, the annual Anderson Christmas lights return Thanksgiving Day with new light displays, the return of some old favorite displays not seen in years since over at Darwin Wright Park, as well as an expanded and updated Christmas Village. And Ben Phillips, who co founded the holiday tradition, told the Anderson Reserver he's ready to go.
12: Uh, Tell everybody about the Anderson Christmas Lights. Okay, Anderson Christmas Lights this year is so happy that the village is gonna be open. Um, We've got a lot of new things in the village. We've got an expanded fire ring, so I'm excited about that. Uh, The Santa Lodge, he got a complete new makeover in there. We spent literally two years in there working and getting that done. Uh, New snacks, new food, uh, new entertainment. And a brand new general store so that'll be something fun to come see we've repaired a lot of the displays there's some new ones that are going to go back up that you haven't seen in five years since we were at Darwin Wright Park so I'm kind of excited about this year remind everybody
1: how many people come through and how this helps the community yeah.
12: um I would say uh if you go back over the years the 28 years that we've been doing this there are about 50,000 cars that will come through here now depending on how many people you want to say are in the car uh that's that's your choice. Uh, but we've seen it everything from think from two to eight, and you know a busload of people come through per car. Um, it brings a lot of people from out of town to Anderson. I hear every day people here in Anderson, well, I've never been to the Christmas lights. I didn't know it was there. Uh, yeah, you're right, but everybody from northeast Georgia, western North Carolina, the uh, upstate of South Carolina, and as far away as Alabama come every year to see what's new. Okay. This event originally was... Held by one single charity, and when we picked it up and started running we decided it doesn't need to help one, it needs to help a lot of different places here in Anderson County. So we pick seven different charities every year, and they come out and help us set the lights up and then run the operation because it takes at least 100 people on a busy night to do so. Uh, this year, you'll have Habitat for Humanity, will be here, Sertoma Club, will be here, the Sertines will be here. Uh, Family Promise will be here. Uh, there's two or three groups from Clemson. We've actually got Boy Scout and Girl Scout troops. I'm so excited that they finally did, got enough people in the troops to where they can actually get out and come in, so we're spreading the wealth. And then there are other groups outside of the ones that come that we help out throughout the year.
1: So that's sort of the, the point, people ask that the money, the money goes to upkeep and charity, right? That goes, all goes back out to the charities.
12: Correct, we, our goal is to stay on the state's good side and have a 91 plus give back to the community percent of all the money that comes in so we we have always worked really hard to keep that number up high and be a uh, good steward here in Anderson County and take care of everybody because y'all take care of us y'all come out here and give us great joy That's our way of giving joy back
1: and how can people uh help spread the word on this
12: oh biggest things get on social media like our Facebook page go to our brand new website andersonchristmaslights.org like that page share it with everybody let everybody know That we're here. Tell your friends, and if you say, well, I've been to the lights, I've seen the lights. No, you haven't. If you haven't been out here in three years, you've never been here, because it's completely changed. We open Thanksgiving Day, and we close Christmas Day. We open every day at 5.30, and we close at 10 o'clock. Remember, we have to go to bed at night.
1: Finally, there's preparations underway for Wreaths Across America, which is a a charitable group that hopes to... um, they're going to host the National Wreaths Across America Day December 18th, but right now they're raising funds and getting volunteers to help at three sites that are local here in Anderson County, and close by ones, uh, is Dolly Cooper Veterans Cemetery, the other is Mount Pisgah Baptist Church in Easley, and the other is New Prospect Baptist Church in Anderson. If you want to support those or donate to them, you can go to the Anderson Observer website and find the story, three local sites to host host wreaths across America to honor veterans, and find out how you can take part in that and what you can do to support that organization. Well, that's it for this week's Anderson Observer podcast, news from people you trust. Next week, I will be talking to AIM, Clean Start, and Hope Mission about their needs for the upcoming holiday season as well as more interviews with local business owners about shopping locally for the holidays and our annual roundup of Anderson County Pris- Christmas parades. Until then, get out and do something to make Anderson a
0: better place. i the happiest season of all that's roasting on an open fire Black frost nipping at your nose you cows being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows A turkey that's a mistletoe To make the season bright Tiny little tots where their eyes all look blue will find it hard to sleep tonight they know that sad